Um, I know I did. We took a week off. Um, a week before, we had a really good episode on the tragedy of the commons, and this week we're back and and better than ever with our Liberty Roundtable. Um, we have joining us once again Zuri Davis, who is the media writer at uh, Rare.us, and Michael, it's Esh, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. I told you I was going to ask you again. Um, <laughs> Michael Esh, who is a writer at Liberty.me, uh, a site that Jeffrey Tucker, who we had on a few weeks ago, started up, and uh, former president at the University of Cincinnati uh, Yale chapter. So, guys, welcome. Pleased to have you here. Today we are going to have a lively and sure to be interesting discussion on what uh, the future of the next four years with, with Donald Trump as the soon-to-be president of the United States is going to look like. Um, and starting out with that, I would like to ask, this, this could go to either one of you, what looks like um, is going to be our best-case scenario with President Trump and what looks like is going to be our worst-case scenario going in within the next four years? Good news should always come. <laughs> um, so worst case scenario, um, Trump does everything that he said he would on the campaign, which is quite antithetical to liberty and the Constitution and pretty much pretty much all the freedoms we hold dear in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, like, as much as I'm a cynic for Donald Trump, um, I don't think that's how it's going to be. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of, like, Tulsi Gabbard, um, general, like, Mattis type of situations where good people or, or people who want to see change with the executive will meet with Trump, and Trump, who's kind of, like, open to any suggestion, really, will probably hear them out and be much more moderate than, I guess, I and, like, other critics give him credit for it. Yeah, I, I see. I see the house. Um, I see the country running in a similar way. Um, in the aspect that I think that with Trump, you're going to see good Trump, bad Trump, and it's going to be that the whole next four years. So, and the perfect example of this is when Trump calls out Castro for being a horrible dictator who gunned down his citizens and um, calls him out for it. It's like, that's good Trump. And then, like, two days later, at 3 o'clock in the morning, he's, he's tweeting out that we should throw people in jail for burning the flag. I mean, it's just, like, the exact same thing that, that Castro did. Um, well, sometimes I think his Twitter feed should just be taken as a Twitter feed. Yeah. Because he's not our normal person. But I do think that... Um, I do think that that's how the, the presidency would go. Um, and I, I do foresee a lot of spending excess. I see more spending in military and more spending in infrastructure if he gets that through. Um, and then, which I don't know how he's going to react to cutting taxes with that. Um, so yeah, that I, seems... I can't see extending spending and then cutting 
see maybe some deregulation of the market. That's, that seems very, um, a little bit frightening because it seems to me like he doesn't have the full grasp on basic economics, um, which, you know, that, that seemed pretty obvious throughout the campaign trail, so obviously nothing really has changed, uh, but now that he is in fact going to be a president, it's a little bit more frightening as opposed to just, well, this guy's an idiot on X, Y, and Z, but at least we never have to worry about him occupying this space. Um, and I think that that's a lot of the case with, with most areas that, that, uh, a lot of people have critiqued him on. So one of the things that recently has been concerning me, and I don't know how it's going to go, especially when you look at the marketplaces, is these two companies, the, uh, Carrier and Ford, both after speaking privately with Trump have decided to keep their their companies in the United States. Mm -hmm. While I like to celebrate with those people that didn't lose their jobs, I, I am a little bit concerned with what he promised them to make them stay in the United States. Because if he was promising them deregulation for them, he's picking and choosing winners like Obama. It's cronyism. Did. Obama yeah, that's, that's just continuation. And we called out Obama for it, and I right. think we should, we should call Trump out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And what I also think is interesting is that um, even if he was able to manage some kind of deal, um, I don't think that that's going to A, work for everyone. And I even, the people who he does manage to make a deal with, um, I don't think that's going to fully work out for even them in the long run because eventually the laws of economics will eventually catch up with, with them all. And if it's better to do business in Mexico, they're going to do business in Mexico, regardless of what kind of deal he makes with them. And especially if, 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 um, if he threatens to, you know, make, uh, put a tariff on them or, or have some outrageous tax or, or penalty for them leaving, leaving the country, I just, I just don't see how it's going to end up being uh, beneficial for any of us. Well, and that's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing with, with every president is that it's, it's not going to be the end of the world just because this guy got it or this guy didn't get it, but that's, it's still going to be pretty bad <laughs> because we have gotten to this place where we are today because we just kind of accepted and, and said that, well, it's the lesser of two evils. And now, and now we're at this place where we are now at the absolute bottom of the barrel, scraping it off the, the, the bottom of the pot, and that's what we're putting up for the leader of the free world. 
people should remember that. I think that um, when when Trump ended up winning, I think a lot of the people that ended up reluctantly voting for him, I think they you know they threw up their hands and they were like, "We won," even though they they forgot that like two weeks ago they were terrified of the idea that Trump was going to be president. Mm-hmm. Just as much so as we were terrified that Hillary Clinton was going to be president. Right. I mean, it's just like, so I think they kind of forgotten their reluctancy in, in victory. Um, and I think that that should be something that we, we as uh, conservatives, Republicans, uh, libertarians, um, and caps uh, to everybody. It's a, a great, to yeah, a great I, variety I, I of people people's. listening. Yeah. And, and I think that I, I would assume that there are a decent amount of people that, that voted for Trump that, that might be listening to this, this podcast. And I think the one thing we need to remember is we can't be like the liberals were to Obama mm-hmm. and be silent when Obama did stuff that was anti-liberal. Um, you know, with the drone wars, extending the wars, um, and and supporting people like like Castro, mm-hmm. um, and did horrendous things to human rights. We can't be silent on those issues when Trump does it. And you see, that that was always kind of my you know my initial fear of Trump was that. Like, guys, this guy is what Obama was in 2008. He's, he's saying, you know, he's, he's drawing these massive crowds. He's um, saying a lot of things that a lot of people are thinking and a lot of people um, want to be said at a national level. Uh, and I think that it's going to go down the same path where all these promises that even people, you know, like us who may be very liberty-oriented – if you remember, Obama said a lot of things that was actually pretty good um, on the campaign trail in 2008 about the debt, about uh, surveillance. Uh, yeah, he said he said uh, he said so many things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 or closing Guantanamo Bay. You know, I I, I like to say that when Trump was talking about. Um, throwing Hillary in jail, this is what uh, Trump's Guantanamo Bay is going to be for his administration. Like, it's never going to happen. Ever. Yeah, only if exactly. that, that happens, like, the reveal happens, like, a couple years much more quickly. Right, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. After he got elected, he's like, no, they're great people. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, dude? Like, we've been doing this, like, a year and a half now, at least. <laughs> I know it was like it, it's instant and, and it does um, it does amaze me like how many people I mean to, to some degree I, I understand why he's not prosecuting Hillary Clinton you have people rioting there's violence there's they're burning down buildings it's, a, it's like it's horrendous and then to to uh, go after Hillary Clinton on top of this is just adding fuel to that fire um while I agree that something should be happened to her, I I do see his hesitation in that. But you remember, it's Trump, so he hesitates. It's not just like uh, maybe I should think about it. It's like, oh no, she's great, she's fantastic, I love her. She's 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 a great person. Like he can't just say, uh, I don't know, I'll think about it. Like he can't do that. 
Well, yeah, well, you know, that's that's the other thing is that, you know, they've been friends for a long time. I, I've never really thought in my mind, you know what, he's going to completely throw the book at her. They're, they're like best family friends. Why would he ever do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have a short, uh, a short memory back. Just in, I think it was two thousand nine. Whenever she was first picked for secretary, or two thousand eight, or something like that, uh, for secretary of state, and Trump was on Today or or whatever program it was, saying, "Oh yeah, she's she's a great pick. She's a great person. I I like her a lot." <laughs> Why do, why do we think that anything has changed just because it's an election cycle? Conveniently, during an election when he's wanting to be president and she just happens to be his opponent, this is when he's starting to say these things. And he's never said them before, but now is when I need to believe him. Yeah, I mean, I mean Hillary Clinton's in the same spot with those, oh, with yes. those uh, Wall Street, Wall yeah. Street uh, speeches came out. She, she literally said that Donald Trump would a good person to, <laughs> to run for, for Congress or Senate or even President. Uh, I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but it was enough to say that he was a great guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It would be fully capable of being in charge as a politician. Right. Um, and I, I think that just shows the amount of theatrics that we have in the United States political realm. Well, the whole thing was basically, uh, it was just a wrestling storyline. Yes. <laughs> That's like a perfect analogy yeah, of, of U.S. Of politics. Day, basically. It's like at the end of the day, it's like these rivalries are set up, but then it's like they're going to each other's like weddings and stuff. Right, right, right. Each other. It's like, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so let's shift gears just a little bit here. Um, I want to talk very specifically because I think this is the big unknown variable about Trump's administration is what specifically will our foreign policy look like moving forward, at least within the next four years, because, you know, quite honestly with with someone like Donald Trump, this it could only last four years. So, so what? What specifically, uh, Zuri? We'll, we'll go with you first. What specifically um, could we be looking at? Will it be more non-interventionist, or will it be more of the same? Because there's a lot of evidence, I think, on both sides that you can point to and say, this guy is definitely going to be like. Rand, like uh, Justin Amash, uh, uh, Jim Webb, you know, any of these guys. But then there's also a lot on the other side that says he's not going to be much different than, than Barack Obama. So, so what's your take on that? So I think, first of all, obviously, <laughs> so he changes positions all the time, so who really knows? with people who are just itching to go back into a Middle Eastern country. Uh, so I was hoping you'd say something about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be more of the same old, same old. It might not be, like, Libya levels of, like, just straight up, like, why are you even here? This doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we'll 
make a lot less mistakes like that. And to be fair, um, the one claim that he can kind of stand on is that he did have feelings about the Iraq war, which would make uh, liberty people and non-interventionists more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always a silver lining. Obviously, some of his appointments are questionable in that regard. Um, but then you have something like Tulsi Gabbard um, going to meet him and telling him not to listen to the neocons and the Warhawks, and you have him like receiving that message positively. So I'm not really expecting something crazy different, um, but I don't think it's going to be, one, as bad as Hillary Clinton, and perhaps not as bad as non-interventionists think. So. Okay. Michael? Because I have my own theory on this, but I want to hear what what um, each of you have to say. So, so my my theory is that I think Trump's going to hit ISIS pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that he's uh, made that. I think that the, the pop uh, he's a populist. So we have to go with what the populist uh, is going to say. That's kind of how I judge where I think Trump's going to go. Um, that's also why I don't think he's going to destroy this country. <laughs> he's a populist. <laughs> right. Destroying countries isn't very popular. So, um, he, he, um, when it comes to the Middle East, I think that it would be popular to go after ISIS. I think everybody on the left and the right, everybody agrees. Is he going to do the Rand Paul thing and go to Congress and ask them permission? Hell no. That's not like Trump. Trump is not going to ask people. Obama didn't ask permission. Bush didn't ask per- permission. Clinton didn't ask permission. Yep. You think Trump's gonna ask permission? You live in La La Land. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's not that's not happening. Uh, there's been a precedence of presidents not asking permission to do things, and I think that's where this is gonna lead. I do see us uh, working with Russia and Assad to to take out Russia or, or to take out ISIS. ISIS. I don't see us um, getting too much into res- uh, regime changes um, I would like I, I though I, I don't want to see us getting into regime changes so how much my bias is coming into my reasoning here I, I don't know but I do think that he's surrounding himself with a lot of people that don't support regime changes um, as much as they I think there's been comments from other people at certain times with regime changes so they're not they're not like totally anti-interventionalist but um, I do I don't see him trying to take out Assad if, if that I don't see that happening I agree with the Libya the Libya stuff I don't foresee happening in the next four years um, I don't foresee Trump focusing so much on foreign policy during his his reign Mm-hmm. <laughs> as as much as he focuses on domestic stuff, so that's my that's my take on. So that. you know, here's my uh, my mine's my idea is a little bit more cynical, but I typically am um, just slightly less optimistic about stuff like this from from the top. I'm very optimistic about you know our movement and everything like that because it's from the bottom up. But anything from the top, I'm the most pessimistic guy in the world so here we go um i really i i have a hard time believing while yes he was very vocal about 
being against um, the Iraq war from the beginning. That's absolutely true. However, I don't think it was for philosophical reasons. I, I think it was more for personal reasons. Either he had um, a vested interest over there and, and he just calculated it and said that, you know what, this is a bad deal for me, for, for Trump Industries or whatever. Uh, or he just saw it as a, quote, bad deal for America. I don't think it was just because Trump doesn't think we should be involved in any kind of wars whatsoever in the Middle East, or if he thinks, you know, we shouldn't be involved in re regime change. I don't really think he has an underlying philosophy when it comes to that. I think he just he just he just thinks what's gonna be what's gonna be best for my business. Um, so why that's important is because he's surrounding himself with even though he may not have that philosophy everyone who he is surrounding himself with does have that philosophy and that's why i am much more pessimistic about it and it i think it could go as far as maybe something like libya it won't necessarily be um libya itself but but it will be similar i think um and it, it could go from anywhere from that or, you know, as big and messy and ugly as, as Bush era because we do have people. He is bringing people back from George W. Bush's um, era into his administration. So I, I, I'm not necessarily positive about it. However, I am um, very optimistic about the fact that while... On the executive level, there's not a lot of hope. In Congress, there is. And because we didn't have that in the Bush era, there was just like Ron Paul and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Here we have a lot more potential and a lot more uh, possibility to use the power of checks and balances, to use the power of the purse, to use Congress the way that Congress was meant to be used to be able to put a stop block on that the way that honestly I think that they have especially in the last uh, term of Barack Obama because I think that's the only reason why it hasn't been as bad really these past four years as what it could have been yeah um, so I agree with both of you um, I really liked Michael's point when you said that he's going to concern himself more with domestic policy which mm -hmm. I do agree because he doesn't really seem all that interested in foreign policy uh, because he has taken more of like that look inward approach anyway during his campaign. Um, so I definitely agree with that. And then I do agree with you, Caleb, and Michael, um, that he is like surrounding himself uh, with these questionable people. Um, however, I think uh, while it pretty much will be more of the same, I think that it won't be quite foreign policy under Hillary Clinton just because uh, the people that he's appointed um, or that he's kind of looking to appoint, they've been around the D.C. circles for a while. Um, yes, of course, they're like a little bit egotistical, but they really don't have as much to prove as she did. And as we kind of see looking back, a lot of the foreign policy decisions that we did have 
um, while she was Secretary of State, they were made because she was just really striving to have that legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't really have that strong of like a mark on politics outside of being Bill Clinton's wife, unfortunately, and you can definitely see the ways in which she tried to change that. Um, versus someone like John Kerry, who's been around D.C. for a while, and of course, I'm sure he's like a little bit egotistical too, but we didn't really get into stupid interventions because he really didn't have anything to prove there. And I feel like that something like, as much as I don't like John Bolton and Rudy Giuliani, of course, uh, they don't seem to have that same need of like needing to prove themselves to put their mark on history like that even though i of course they still have awful ideas about Mm -hmm. intervention well i i think that's a fair point but i also think that because they don't have something to prove that means they're completely driven by their philosophy so if they think that regime change and toppling governments and doing all these things is absolutely 100 percent the way to go then that's absolutely what they're going to push for because they don't have anything to prove. This is just, you know, this is just their philosophy to them. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Hillary, who's just like, well, I have to do something big and, and bold and outlandish, and then it all yeah. comes tumbling down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that, that kind of leads us to our, our next topic, which is, how much do uh, I'll start with you, Michael? How much do either of you see that Trump will kind of backtrack on a lot of because he already has to some degree backtracked quite a bit um, on his campaign promises? But how mu- how much do you think that he's really going to backtrack on the things that he said and promised throughout the campaign trail? I think that one thing that you can look at to kind of indicate what he thought along with the, um, like, on the campaign trail that he actually valued um, is within his 100-day plan. And I think those are things that you're going to see him try to focus on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can kind of see in his 100-day plan what is, like, not really going to work, and I don't know if he's going to push it too hard, but... The couple things I see Trump pushing really hard is I think that he's going to push something with immigration. He's going to do something with high amounts of deportation or trying to build that wall, doing something along those lines. <laughs> uh, then you have be an interesting uh, 100 days. Functional relationship 
<laughs> Never will you tell your wife, no, she cannot spend a trillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just does that not happen. And Trump understands that and put her in that spot. And so I actually, that is like, if, if I don't think, like if I have doubts about anything, I firmly believe he's going to push an infrastructure bill through. And because I think that during his presidency, it would increase jobs. People would see differences in their local community, and they would have a positive outlook on him. And I, I swear that's all he cares about. Yeah. And they don't care about us paying back the trillion dollars. He cares about this next four years and how good he can look. He wants to look like um, an Eisenhower-type figure that, that will just go down as... He he literally built America. America, yeah. Yeah. He he literally built America the way it, it it will be in the next generation. And he and he wants to go down as as that figurehead. So your question originally was, what is he going to backtrack on? Uh, anything that I didn't mention right there. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'm not saying it's good for our country. I'm not saying it's good for our economy. But what I am saying is I think it will make him look good, and I think it would make the populace feel good about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely um, agree with with the fact that basically what you said about everything that you didn't mention, that's what he's backtracking on. Um, Zuri... <laughs> What what do do you agree with that? Do you think that there's something else he might or might not backtrack on that Michael mentioned? Well, so I definitely pretty much everything Michael just said, I definitely agree with. Yeah. I think the the biggest 
um, example and most prominent example of what you just said is um, other than you know the Hillary prosecution is Obamacare. He completely backtracked on that, and and people are excusing this. I, I see people on on Facebook and Twitter, and and they will they are people who have like rallied around repeal and replace for like the past four to to uh, six years repeal and replace this thing and now they're like well nobody actually thinks that these parts that he's wanting to keep everyone agrees on that like who are you and how how can you even call yourself conservative when you're saying these kind of things right and and you know the the other funny thing is is I never understood why anyone actually believed that Trump was going to do that when all the way up to like the end of last year or even I think the the beginning of this year Trump was talking about universal health care all the way, all the way up to like deep inside his his presidential campaign right in the middle of it he was talking about well we have to take care of the poor we have to have some form of universal health care so even if we replace obamacare it's still going to be some form of government care but yet people People just accepted that. I mean, I think that you see, I mean, you see a mixture of, for the healthcare thing. There's obviously, I think that there's going to be um, healthcare reform during Trump on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, I was talking to a local business owner. I, I take, there's up the street from our house, it's, it's about two miles away. There's a guy who runs this shop and he does these, um, you know, those blow up things for like parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. He has like an indoor business place where it's just like five or six of these big bounce houses and they're like all connected and you pay 10 bucks, your kids go in there and they just like, you can sit down and read and your kids <laughs> are just entertained for hours. Um, so I, was ta- I actually ended up talking to the owner today and we were talking about it and he said he said like healthcare costs is, is just like killing him right now mm-hmm. um, next year he's looking at paying $2,000 a month on a plan that's that's like he said I think he said it was over $5,000 for the deductible so if you just, just look at that he's got to basically spend $30,000 before his health insurance does any good for him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, that's, oh my that's gosh. outrageous. I mean, if this guy runs a bounce house, like, <laughs> no way, he's not raking in millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, this guy is a, the definition of small business owner. Right. And, and like, he's going to pay $30,000 of his profits. I mean, how many kids is that? I mean, every day... That's $10 per kid. That's He's got to have like 3,000 kids at least to come through there with no taxes. No taxes. At least 3,000. Which I guess you could say 30%. Uh, like 3,500 kids have to come in just for him to pay for his insurance. Not including rent and utilities. Yes. Oh, no, no. That's... That's just health insurance. Yeah. yeah, that's not insurance. That's not paying for the supplies. That's not paying that is for insane. The that run all the different parts of it and that do child watch and yeah, that's not that's not any of that. Mm-hmm. 
That's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely outrageous, and the economy cannot mm-hmm. cannot sustain with it. So there's got to be some sort of change. If it's completely abolishing Obamacare, I don't think that's going to happen. I know that Trump appointed Tim Price to Secretary of Health and Human Services. And Human Services. Thank you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, Tim Price is the one who wrote how to get rid of Obamacare. So maybe there's works on that. Maybe there's not. Um, I don't know. But I don't necessarily think that healthcare is completely out of his realm of not dealing with it. Because I definitely think Price is going to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that, you know, the, I agree that he's, he's not going to get rid of all of Obamacare. But the tricky part of it is... Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the the thing about it is, is that the parts that he wants to keep about with Obamacare, he cannot keep that without also keeping the individual mandate, or else it'll completely bankrupt the entire economy. So it, it just tells me that that either he is not sincere about anything he says on the campaign on the campaign trail or he has no idea how any of this works which it could be either one i'm not going to put either one behind him um, yeah a little bit uh you know i think the the stuff that he absolutely knows and and has a plan on or it's like what what michael was talking about with immigration uh uh infrastructure and uh, his protectionist stuff, and yeah, and and that's that's like the only things that he has a really solid grasp on, and stuff that he really wants to push through, and everything else is just you know a lot of a lot of campaign hoopla that just gets people excited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just saying that so you all can vote for him. That's <laughs> that's that's all he's doing. Like, I, I swear, you could probably put some of his quotes and hand them out to any college student um, across the country and hold up a picture of Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump and say, which one of these two guys said this? And they'll probably, like, 60-70% chance say, well, it was definitely Bernie Sanders. And that's not the case at all. It was completely Donald Trump. Sanders ever saw on the campaign trail was like, 
campaign was Open Borders was an evil Koch brothers idea. Like, um, <laughs> you've never been like the same guy who had like more hair, I guess. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The Koch brothers are racist. They would oh. never support Open Brother, uh, Open Borders. <laughs> I love the Koch brothers. <laughs> I love the Koch brothers. <laughs> I do. It's it's so I just, true. I think it's hilarious because I remember I remember being in um, an environmental policy class at, at college, and um, the professor just I mean every week there was something in like a news article that he would bring up or a documentary or a video clip, and he would bash the Koch brothers, and I I just never under at the time i didn't understand it i was like don't they help out young americans for liberty why are you being so harsh on them like <laughs> they're so like they're good on rights yeah. and yeah. like all of these other things like what, what? and 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 yeah. they're they're not even like it's not like they're the the most wealthy most billionaires donate to democrats in their causes i don't understand the the huge fascination with the Koch brothers. They're, you know, they're like one of the only billionaire, um, you know, uh, brothers that even does anything like that. Because everything else is completely, it's a, it's a monopoly on democratic policies. Yeah. They even recycle. Calm down. Um, so with, with that being said, uh, let's, let's, take a slight transition here and we talked about one of um on one thing that we weren't really sure on was foreign policy but one thing that i think that we can start visualizing a little bit better is what the what justice in america is going to look like moving forward um specifically in the justice department because now we have of course jeff sessions as his his pick for which I know pretty much what both of you are going to say about this, but <laughs> um, Jeff Sessions has his pick for for Attorney General. I know how I feel about that, and I think I know how both of you feel about that. Um, but let's just how bad do you think it could possibly get? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Who are just like, well, if you smoke weed, then you're clearly... You're a bad person. Good people don't smoke marijuana, Zuri. Yeah, 
violating in, in a lot of aspects yeah i i completely agree because um i think that sessions is bad on all the areas that both lynch and holder were bad but he's so much worse on the areas that they were actually good on so i don't see anything positive coming out of 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 justice in america with Jeff Sessions as as the Attorney General. I think this is going to be probably one of the worst aspects of the Trump administration because he's just as bad on um, civil asset forfeiture. He's, he's horrible on criminal justice reform. And he's never seen a, a, a police officer that he didn't just absolutely fawn over. He, they could never do anything wrong ever, ever. And, and I would like to say this really quickly. Wait, um, time out. You know, what if a police officer smokes weed? Oh what boy. What does Jeff Sessions say about him? <laughs> I think you'd have a, a conflict of interest there. Um, just something that I'd really like to say, and then Michael, like, please go ahead. Um, but I've been tracking. Well. For my job, I'm a writer, um, and some of the topics I cover is, like, uh, criminal justice reform, like, at the executive level, and um, a couple weeks ago, so a, a nonprofit called Cut 50 held vigils outside of the White House to ask Obama to, to, like, do more commutations before it was too late, and usually, like, when people do that stuff, I'm like, okay, you're overreacting, but I totally feel for these people because there, like, there's no doubt in my mind that commutations and pardons, maybe they'll be there, but they will not be used, not the rate that Obama did them, which he's officially had more uh, commutations than like the last um, 11 presidents combined, but I just think that, especially with an attorney general-like sessions, like they're just not, like they're not even going to think about them because they're going to think that all those people are criminals who deserve to be in jail or in prison for like 80 years. You broke the law, so you, you, you better be, you know, you have, better have the book thrown at you. There's definitely nothing wrong with the law itself, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, That's sad. So, so I definitely think that, that Trump portrays himself as a law and order candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's never been a surprise for me, but I did think during the election that Trump would be the most likely to legalize marijuana across the United States just because I didn't see Hillary Clinton doing that but I do see Trump as being a populist and you have 60 to 70 percent of the population supporting marijuana even with medical or recreational use um, that's that's a huge part of our population that supports that so I, I definitely thought I saw that coming but now that I see Jeff 
sh- uh, sessions appointment that was like to me I think Jeff's sessions appointment was more shocking to me than Trump winning the presidency yeah. because just because number one he's like on the record as, as legitimately saying something racist um, <laughs> he's, like I mean like because you could, I mean the left calls out people for being racist all the time and they're it's like ridiculous but but like he he legitimately says stuff and then he turns around and says that anybody who smokes weed is a criminal so it's like what are you saying to like the million people in colorado that smoke weed now like are you so does that mean you're coming after them because as zuri said the one good thing of the obama administration is they Number one, they haven't gone after marijuana being legalized in states. That's a controlled one substance. That's a substance that they've put in the category of heroin. Yeah. So, so they are not going after that where they have full legal ability to just send the, the, the war whatever that they have <laughs> and just send them all crashing down on them. Yeah, the complete the arsenal of the federal government. Yeah, um, and they don't, and so I, I do applaud Obama on that, and I also applaud Obama on on re- uh, releasing some of those people that are, you know being in jail for fifty years for having a pound of marijuana. Get, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. it, like when it's that, it's like I, law and order is ridiculous. If you're gonna say that if you're the law is it respectable, then like no one's going to respect it. Right and and I just don't think that uh, enforcing a nonsense law that is based on on corruption. I mean, if yeah. you go back and look at marijuana, that, that the whole process of of criminalizing that over the, just the last like hundred years is all based on corruption. It's starting the DEA, um, and I think a personal battle. Uh, yeah, for Richard Nixon, for people he didn't like. Yes. And, I mean, and, and not only that, but like, and again, back to the racist thing, you can legitimately see where people have systematically done it according to racism. I mean, I think somebody in the Nixon administration said that, that this is an easy way to target blacks. And it is. I mean, that, whether they, they just said that somebody said that or that either way, that's what happens. And so, especially when you look at a drug like marijuana that's not as dangerous as alcohol, um, having somebody as your attorney general saying stuff like that, I, I just, I'm kind of, I'm very uh, confused by that selection. I don't understand. Like, Jeff Sessions is, I think, decent on when it comes to um, the budget. Like, he's yeah, on, on economics and stuff like and that, economics. he he would be fair. But when you come into like uh, with a populist president and your attorney general is going after marijuana users, that's going to be like incredibly not popular. I mean, Republicans are going to protest that one. Mm-hmm. Just even so, if it's just on the basis of of states' rights, you know, yes. Republicans like Rand would absolutely slap that down and say this is ridiculous what are you doing yeah so i i hope that the trump administration i hope trump says don't like i don't want you to look at 
marijuana charges. I don't want you to look at them at all. He might very well tell Jeff Sessions that, and Sessions might not touch marijuana, and marijuana might end up being legalized in the next four to eight years. Um, well, yeah, I, I would be a great boost to our economy. I, I think it, it will be to a certain extent, at least on the state level. I, and I've said this for, for a little while, that by the end of the decade, I think that with maybe the exception of a few states holding out, it will be legalized in the majority of the country by 2020. Yeah. I, I just think it's it's going to be just like gay marriage, where it started off with a state here and a state here, and then it started doubling and then tripling, and then before you knew it, it was the entire country. I completely I just, agree with that. I just, I mean, Trump understands economics on the level of of what happened and has happened and is happening in Colorado. Mm-hmm. The fact that Colorado is sending checks back to their residents because they're like, oh, we collected too much tax. <laughs> your government, your government says I collected too much tax, and I'm gonna give it back to you. Like Trump has to see that and say, I. That's a way I could cut taxes. I could legalize marijuana, and I could cut income tax. You would think the tax that. that would gain from marijuana would be, I mean, it's just that's like one of those when you're super high, you realize that. Yeah. Trump <laughs> <laughs> has to get that. Like, there's not like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I agree that that's something that I always saw that I was never really worried about from Trump because he was, you know, the the social issues were never something that I was like, oh my gosh, if this guy gets in and then he's going to be a monster on, on these things. I was never really worried about that. But then when he picks someone like Jeff Sessions, um, and of course there is a bit of a conflict of interest whenever you, you say, uh, well, he doesn't really have a stance on marijuana, at least a very vocal one. But at least on the other end of it, he says, we're going to support the police. We're going to restore law and order. We're going to, you know, you know, bring justice back to America and saying these things. Um, it, it seems very, it seems like, it seems like he would prefer to put that emphasis on the law and order side of things as opposed to the liberty side of things. Which is also outside of the war on drugs. Um, that's also really, like, Trump's sentiment on that is really awful, um, especially in an America where a lot of people are worried about police conduct and just, like, their general relationship with, like, minorities. Mm-hmm. And I will agree with some people on the right when I say that, like, the left's like Black Lives Matter and stuff, like perhaps they take that stuff too far. But it's like okay. I think he looks much more on the hands of the police are far more right than um than wrong. And anyone who anyone who uh is getting in trouble for it, that's their fault. Okay, I think that was, I think that was mine. I was just seeing if the headphones worked, but I guess it doesn't. <laughs> um, I said, just say 
Yeah, well, I I don't think that I don't think that um, with the, with the Trump administration, I think it's going to be much more of the police is always right, and there's no realist uh, philosophy in it. It's like maybe every once in a while, sometimes maybe the police might be doing something wrong. It's it's going to be much more heavily cited on one side as opposed to the other, um, yeah. and I I think that is very transparent with the. Um, Jeff Sessions pick and also with the with the possibility of someone like David Clark possibly being um, the Homeland Security uh, guy oh, yeah so much fun which <laughs> which that is a, a fantastic point to, to pivot into our next um, session which I wanted to especially talk about, and I wanted to get your opinions on what um, your specific cabinet predictions will be, specifically in the areas of Secretary of State um, and Secretary of Defense, and also any other possible predictions you might have. Um, Zuri, you can go ahead and, and go first. Specifically in defense, just the fact that Tom Cotton has been, his name has been floated around, that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Like, that is terrifying. The he fact that Tom Cotton. Oh, he is so much worse, though. He He's like worse than than even Rubio is on, on being neoconservative and absolutely horrible. And if. He is. He really is. And it's so bad. It's terrifying. Just the fact that his name was actually, you know, floated around a little bit for Secretary of Defense, that scares the absolute hell out of me. Last four digits. Yeah. If it was Mattis, though, that'd be pretty cool.
with that appointment. <laughs> who was it? Who was it that you just said? Mattis. The Marine General. Yeah. 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 I. As much as uh, I do uh, enjoy, I mean, as as a libertarian, I shouldn't. I guess it's like kind of a guilty pleasure. Uh, I do like reading uh, Mad Dog's uh, quotes. <laughs> it, so I have my family's full of Marines, and he is the hero to Marines. And so the the fact that that name was even floated around, I mean, my brothers just got. They started celebrating it. I was like, whoa, everybody gets floated around at this time. So. Yeah. Well, I, I think even Austin, I think, I think even Austin Peterson um, mentioned him as a, you know, if, if he somehow was, you know, the president of the United States and he actually won it, then he would think about picking him for, for secretary of defense. So, yeah. so that, that might not be one of the, one of the worst picks. Definitely. Well, was I mean, it Michael? When it comes to yes, well, anybody compared to him is is a good pick. Yeah. But when you have when you have somebody who has that that military experience and and um, and is qualified for the position, I know as as a lot of times as libertarians, we we would really just like Rand Paul. Uh, just pick Thomas Ron Paul for everything. I would be okay with that. No, so, I'd be completely so okay with that. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might not be practical, but that's definitely my favorite option. So if we're being unrealistic, that's what I want. Yes. Um, but you're, I mean, but the, the people who are my favorites are, are, for the most part, they're all freshmen, senators, and congressmen. They haven't been corrupted so, yet. So, <laughs> Still babies. Have enough experience to have that the know-how to deal with the. I mean, like we have our our philosophy on on libertarianism mm-hmm. and how the government should be ran. Mm-hmm. But the idea of radically changing government in in a matter of of four years is is dangerous to the point of revolution or assassination. Um, and and I think that I don't think that as much as people want change with Obama and now they're wanting change with Trump is that I don't think people want that much change. They want they want an extra hundred or two hundred dollars in their bank account every month. Right. And that's the kind of change that the populace wants. Right. It's not the, us libertarians are a very small minority um, getting a louder voice. We're getting a louder voice and we're being more influential, so that's growing. But I don't think that like a, a, the majority of Americans want, like to, honestly, I don't think they all want their income tax gone. And so when you look at these these appointments, I think sounds beautiful that though. Are <laughs> going to kind of shift it in the direction that libertarians want would be a good option. And so, I mean, like, when you're looking at his appointments, I have no idea what he's doing with Mitt Romney. Like, well, we, yeah, you and I talked about this a little bit, you know, before we started. Um, I think that's just to, like, 
shake it right there in front of him, say, oh, you, 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 you know, like the, the fishing rail guy on that one commercial with the dollar. Oh, you almost got it. You almost got it. And then just completely take it away from him um, after he apologizes just so he can humiliate him as like a payback because that is completely a petty thing that that um, that Trump would do. And, and I think he I, – I personally think he's going to go with Giuliani just because – you know he's he's been there for him longer and stronger and louder than anyone else. Um, I think the the top position in his cabinet is the greatest reward he could pro- uh, possibly give him. Um, and I know that Petraeus is also being floated around as as a possible pick. That would be so funny. It'd be it'd be scary, but it'd also be funny because anything he ever said about Hillary Clinton. Completely out the window. He has no credibility whatsoever. I, as much as as much as I agree with with that as his as credibility, I don't know if the population would. Uh, I, I think that a lot of Republicans really like Petraeus. Unfortunately, they were really yes. Upset with the way, and they were really upset with the way that Obama treated him, and so the fact that Trump would put him in one of the highest regards. The regarded appointments would be would be like a, almost a slap in the face mm-hmm. to the way Obama treated the generals, uh, or at least the way the population felt that Obama treated the generals. Because Obama treated the generals similarly to any other president treated <laughs> his generals. Yeah. I mean, if somebody is a general in your military and they speak out against the commander in chief, they're going to get removed. Trump is going to do the same thing. If a, a general speaks out about Trump, he's going to have them removed. Certainly Trump was going to do the same thing. Like, yes. o- almost more than anyone else, Trump would do that. Yes. Like, if yes. you're going to damage my name, you're out of here. Like, there, there is no question in my mind. That's why he wants, he wants complete yes-men in all of his cabinets. This this yeah yeah this this election uh, cycle even though it's over now it's just the gift that just keeps on giving it's it's one giant onion article that that just spans across months and months um so so as we're coming to a close here um I really want to take your all's uh, take on do you think that Anyone in the – this is kind of a two-pronged question. Do you think that anyone in the Republican Party would have the backbone to um, primary Donald Trump in four years, especially if it's just as bad as we all think it's going to be? Aren't we I'm all, though? I know. <laughs> I'm of the theory that, I don't know, the Trumps have basically acted that, like, they really, like, they want the title of, like, first family and stuff, but they really don't care for, like, actually doing stuff with it. So, I maybe I secretly hope, but I also kind of think that Trump himself, <laughs> which is like, 
I didn't even want this. <laughs> Why did you all give this to me? I didn't even expect this to happen. Tommy Lauren is the star of it all. That's very true. Yes. It's completely an ego thing. Yep. Yes. Completely so an ego thing. I don't think she will, but worst thing for the Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't I don't think she will and I think everyone under the sun knows that it would be the worst thing for the Democratic Party. Like you could not pick 
a more atrocious candidate than Hillary Clinton. I think that Elizabeth Warren will probably run. Uh, Cory Booker will probably run. Definitely Cory Booker, I think. Um, the Castro brothers, either one of them. Yeah. Not Fidel. <laughs> Not Fidel or Ralph. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's free healthcare. It's free healthcare, Caleb. Don't you understand that? The literacy rates are so high. Who cares that he killed gays and women from firing squads? Free healthcare. Free healthcare, free education, free free everything. It's it's Bernie Sanders' paradise. Uh-huh. No, no, that 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 was that's the mainstream media. That's that's people from Miami fleeing to Cuba. It's all their lies. He was never that. He was never a dictator. He was a leader. He was a compassionate leader. <laughs> <laughs> he cared about his country so much. Yeah. Isn't isn't that what uh, isn't that what that uh, Canadian prime minister said? He, regardless of what you think of him, he just loved his country, and that's something that we can all agree on, or something something ri- ridiculous like that. <laughs> Like, you cannot honestly look at this. I can understand maybe like that. Uh, yeah, who, the the labor leader in the UK. Oh, they got oh, yeah, Corbyn. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that guy kind of praising him because I mean he's basically like a next generation Karl Marx anyway. Um, but what'd you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was something else. I mean, that yeah. that guy. No wonder Nigel is thinking about moving to America. <laughs> I would too if he was in my country. Sanders getting 
being on stage and saying, oh, well, he did a, a good job with healthcare. And then in reality, when they go to the healthcare, they got to bring their own light bulbs. They got to bring their own bed sheets. And they don't even have clean beds for them to sleep on in, in hospitals. But it's free. Yeah, it's, it's so free. free. It's so free. It's so wonderful. And then you have farmers who are starving. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, at what point do you turn around and say, yes, he's far left, but like, I'm not going to defend that. It's like, it's like the conservative, the conservatives never defend racists. Like when David Duke ran for for Senate, the RNC completely disavowed him, didn't want anything to do with him. They don't care how how conservative you are, how much it is with economics, and it it, it gets to that. That's what bugs me so much about the left and them defending somebody that's so atrocious to humans. It it disgusts me. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were only bad whenever whenever you found out they smoked weed. Yeah, because only bad people smoke weed. Is that a direct quote from Sessions? Almost. It's kind of a hybrid, you know, throwing a few together. <laughs> a hybrid quote. All right, uh, well, I think that's about uh, as much fun as we're allowed to have tonight. So, uh, Michael and and Zuri, I thank you very much for coming on on this podcast this evening and hope to have both of you on again very, very shortly. And I thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, Be sure to uh, follow each of us. Uh, You you guys want to give a shout-out for your Twitter followers? Zuri, you can go. Yeah. Um, so it's at Zuri underscore Davis. It would be at Zuri Davis, but someone stole that before me, so I'm going to have to track them down and make them change it. But until then, there's an underscore in between my first and last name. <laughs> okay. And Michael? I'm similar. My name, uh, uh, it's Michael, and then Ash is E-S-C-H, and then it's an underscore after my name for similar reasons. <laughs> And you can follow me at Caleb Franz. Um, I I was the first one to grab the you know the name, so I don't have an underscore. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can follow the show at Mill Liberty, and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and share this episode out because we just have loads of fun uh, making them. And be sure to tune in next week as we start all over again. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>